good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of Roundabout Sports presented by Interstate 70 Sports Media, where our passion is our profession. Thank you so much for tuning in this Wednesday evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am the maestro Jeremy Carp. It is April 19th, 2023 on this new episode, and folks here to join me this evening, he is the Burt Sugar of St. Louis and Interstate 70 Sports Media. Our very own Parker Bania. Yep. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm also wearing a T-shirt from my son's high school alma mater, the Jefferson City Jays. We are multiple times state football, baseball, etc. champions. Well, there you go. You got to represent. That's right. I think, we, I think we played some of your St. Louis area schools. I think we played Francis Howell a few times. I think we played Gateway a few times. I was going to say, my alma mater is uh, House Central. Oh, look who we got here. Oh, there he is. Hollywood. And I was just going to say, we love you, buddy. Thank you so much for tuning in. We can't wait for you to make your triumphant comeback soon. God love you. It is just great to see you still tuning in and working your ass off step by step, day by day. So thank you so well, much. We're, we're holding down the fort for you. Yes, absolutely. So we we got a bit to talk about today. Um, and so first, what we're going to do, we're going to kick it off soon with talking about the Cardinals, <laughs> and we're going to be we're going to be talking about when. So for those who don't know, today, April 19th, they actually won against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks 14-5. to It was their biggest win of the season. But before that, the Cardinals have had themselves in quite a bind because, uh, well, to be honest, their pitching has been very subpar this season. And... You know, there's a lot that needs to be spoken about it. Um, we have to really discuss what's what's going on with Jordan Hicks. You know, Actually, he um, and so we're also going to delve a little bit into later on some of the new rule changes that MLB wants to test out because they still, of course, want to keep testing things out um, because why not, right? And Later on, uh, Du Henson is going to be joining us on the show, and he is going to be joining me as we talk about the NBA playoffs, which are in full swing, which I am so excited for that. You heard it here. Uh, Knicks Nuggets in the finals. You got the Knicks and the Nuggets in the finals? Yes, I do. Oh, gosh. We will see how that goes. So, um, Nuggets have a former MU player on their roster. Yes, they do, and Michael Porter Jr., um, and here we go. We got burned down the stadium, back up the trucks. We got, oh, everybody's favorite what now. I want to say something. I want to say something. Hang on. We got Christopher Miles tuning in. Now he's going to be making, he's going to be, yep, uh, our favorite zebra. And, um, I want to say first, he's also making an appearance tonight on, uh, 105.3 FM on the local, uh, St. Louis area, if I believe that is the correct station. Nice. Um, I believe, so, yes, it is relevant radio, I believe. 
And, um, yep, as James knows, it is our uh, favorite heel referee, Christopher Miles. But you can also catch him every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Central for Issues with Wrestling with Christopher Miles. It is one of the top-rated wrestling podcasts on Apple Podcasts, so definitely a great accomplishment there. And also on our media page, we will be posting a link at Interstate 70 Sports Media and Roundabout Sports, all about where you can find uh, Christopher Miles' merchandise at Pro Wrestling Tees. He's got a wonderful selection of shirts there, and you know you can't go wrong with either of them. Meanwhile, Du Henson, who will be on later, is already chiming in saying that the Knicks yeah, can't even that. hands off each other. So let's we'll save the basketball talk for for a little bit. But right now, folks, like, subscribe. If you got a comment, yes, absolutely, buy a shirt. Um, on top of that, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter for Interstate Seventy Sports Media for Roundabout. We're on Sports. YouTube too. Yep, we are on YouTube with Roundabouts or with Interstate 70 Sports Media, where you can find every episode of Roundabout Sports as well as exclusive content um, from Dynamo Pro Wrestling. You can also find uh, some other interesting uh, videos out there. So be sure to check us out. And folks, I'm telling we're, we're going to kick it off now with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals because, yes, I want to start because. Well, before I have to ask you, Jeremy. Okay, what's go the ahead. scenario with the Battlehawks? So the scenario with the Battlehawks, actually, we're going to go Cardinals. We're going to delve into the Battlehawks soon before in between. Fair enough. There, there's an interesting thing with that. So first off, believe it or not, the Cardinals, after winning today, are in fourth place in the division. We did not expect them to be six games out of first this early in the season. Um, and, you know, they are eight and 11 at the moment. The Reds are seven and 11. Milwaukee's 14 and five. I look at where the Cardinals are and it goes without saying to me that the biggest issue is their pitching. It doesn't help that Wainwright's not back yet, although he is making a, uh, a start down in Springfield. But quite frankly, the pitching aside from Jordan Montgomery has been subpar all season long. I mean, what do you think? I agree. Jordan did not have a good outing. But I got I got I got to give it to Jake Woodford. He hung in there. I mean, yeah, he Jake got, Woodford he got, had a better start this time around. around. He, he, hugged, he hung in there, got the five innings for the W. So, but this, this Jack is my thing. Jack had a really good outing the other day, too. But And that was an instance, though, where um, he did not have the run support that he definitely needed. No, he did not. That, that is very true. You know, Jack uh, Flaherty is one of the best uh, ground ball-inducing pitchers in the league. He leads in double plays forced. And yet somehow, um, once again, the Cardinals offense could not capitalize for him. And... Uh, he had gotten the loss. So, but I want to talk about first, I want to talk about Jordan Hicks because right now Jordan Hicks has appeared in seven games so far. Yeah. And his ERA is 12.71. Even after today? Wow. Well, I think we're, we're going to take this. This is as of April 18th. So this is as of yesterday. So we're okay. not including the 14 to 5 game today. Um, but 
he prior to today he walked 22% of the batters he's faced and he only struck <laughs> out 17% of the batters he's faced. Yeah, that's not good. Um that is not a good now, reason. Believe it or not, believe it or not, he because of how he reached the big leagues when he did, um, because of the way injuries and the pandemic played out, he's already got five full seasons of MLB time, which means he cannot be sent to the minors without his permission. I was which, just going to say he can veto an assignment to the minors if he so desires. Exactly. And the thing of it is, you know, this is just an athlete's pride above anything else. But how often do you think that if Mosellock or somebody saying, hey, we got to send you down the minors, he's going to be like, yeah, I'll go. Let's, let's yeah, that's not going to Exactly. And so you you look at him and. Whoa, I just looked at his whip. Yeah. His and... whip is terrible. Yeah. His whip is three. Exactly. It is not good. Um. I mean, Ollie Marble has a good whip should be in the low ones or less than one. Exactly. Um, you know, Ollie Marble told Cardinals Cardinals.com uh, in regards to Jordan Hicks, quote, we've got a good enough plan to do that where he's comfortable with it and we feel good about it. Um, getting him into low leverage situations is one option. And I and I like that because what is the biggest thing they've done this season so far is they put him in these high pressure situations and and it totally destroys his confidence it destroys his confidence it does not pay off well for him mm -mm. and jordan and the thing of it is everybody loves jordan hicks because hey he's the fastball guy he could throw 104 miles an hour guess what i don't care if jordan hicks can throw only 50 miles an hour it doesn't do you any good if he's not accurate with his pitches and he's so erratic right now um, and this isn't the, this isn't the developmental league. This isn't the minors. This is the big leagues. Yeah, Jordan Hicks has been show. here for five years. He is expected to be much better than this. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. You need him. The plan is for him to be the setup man for Ryan Helsley. Well, if the setup man sets Helsley up in a terrible situation, what's the point of having a setup man? Especially when his whip is at three. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, you take a look at where um, – I, I, I'm surprised they put him in today. I feel like, if anything, they should give him a little bit of rest. Um, look, you're not going to send him down to the minors without his approval. No. And he, I, chances but, are he's not going to approve the move. Right. But you got to do something to instill his confidence. And I do like the option of going in low leverage situations. So like in today. these games, like today, you know, you're up 14 to four. Good chance. Put him in, you know. He, it, but don't put him in these three to two ball games. Yeah. You no. know, don't put him in the four to threes or even two run games. Yeah, don't. Yeah, and, don't. Don't give him the chance to shatter uh, Wilson's kneecap or something. Well, and the bigger problem is also when, and that was just a bad sign to start the season. But, oh, yeah. Um, and I, we lost Contreras for two days because of that. Right. And I look at what happens with Jordan Hicks as well. You know, when you put him in high leverage situations, 
because of the MLB rule now with the three batter rule, you know, you can't just face one batter, have Hicks, and if, say, Hicks walks the guy, okay, fine, get him out, put somebody else in, put Pallante in there, or Cabrera, you know, it's no big deal. Now it is, because if Jordan mm-hmm. Hicks messes up, you still got to have him face two more batters. And, and where's Pallante now? Exactly. And they sent it, and then you got Pallante's situation. Um, like, the Cardinals are not, like I said, it's April 19th, with just a couple weeks into the season. So there's 143 games left. Yes. But this is not how you expected the first 19 games to go. No, I mean, there are other teams in the league that are not performing up to expectations either, but it it hits home because it's us. But, okay, what expectations do the 3-16 and 16 Oakland Athletics have? No, what but ex- what, like, what expectations for the Dodgers who are just barely hovering above 500? I mean, they expect the brass ring. Yeah, well, and the Dodgers are nine and ten, but at the same time, look at the division. And like I said, it's the not so early outlook. Right now, you look at the Dodgers; they are in second place at nine and ten. The Diamondbacks are eleven and eight. Right. For those tuning in at a later date or something, this is all as of April nineteenth. You take a look at the Brewers, Cubs, and Pirates; all have double-digit wins. Uh, Pirates. 12 and 7, Cubs are 11 and 6, and the Brewers are 14 and 5. You know, so the discrepancy between the NL West and the NL Central is very different early on. And I look at, you talk about teams and their expectations. Look, look at Seattle, who I've I've highly praised in recent weeks. You know, we're playing, we're playing them starting Friday. And starting in a couple of days, we'll be playing them. They're 8 and 11. You look at the uh, the Yankees; they're ten and seven. Meanwhile, you actually got the Rays, who are sixteen and three, which absolutely blew my mind. And of course, our dear friend Jared from uh, Oh Philadelphia. PWE2. Philadelphia has the same record as we do. The yeah, Phillies. Philadelphia has the same record. Oh, and... that's oh Jared! Come on, man, J- Jared. Uh... God love him though. Works. <laughs> All right, got Jeremy. Of, you got a lot of love for him, but you What'd know you how do? it is. I did nothing wrong. He just I know you me. didn't. Come on, man. He loves just doing what he does. And then you well, look at the other side way. of the state. Of, well, and then you look at the other side of the state of Missouri, and it's not getting much better because once again, uh, despite Bobby Witt hitting a 430 foot home yeah. run this season or this this afternoon the yeah, Royals still know. lost 12 to 3 to the Rangers they're 1 and 9 in their last 10 they've lost 6 in a row they are 4 and 15 on the season which is the second worst record in all of baseball to kick things off behind yeah, the lowly good things to say about the uh, Royals on KOMU tonight no they definitely will not and the funny thing is they open up their uh their road trip is going to be against the Angels. And you look at this homestand. This was supposed to be a great way to, you know, Brady Singer had a lot of expectations. Now, first off, let me just make this clear. 
The Royals are one in twelve at home. Oh, I didn't know we it was are, that bad. This is this. Uh, I believe ties the uh, twenty eighteen Royals for the worst home mark after thirteen oh, games. But yes, yeah. oh. they are one in twelve. Um, they were outscored fifty two to fifteen. That's wow. that's a football outscoring. Yeah, thing. that's, that's like, not a baseball thing. No, that's um, next door. That's next door at Arrowhead. Yeah, like, it, like how many touchdowns did? Now touchdowns I will win? also say, I will say, uh, you take a look at the Royals' five opponents this season so far: the Twins, Blue Jays, Giants, Braves, and Rangers. Ooh. Were combined fifty-one and thirty-five. Yikes! Three of those teams are first in their division, so it's not like they had an easy slate to start the season. But at the yeah, same the, time, uh, the right the A's aren't much better at home. They're two and ten, I think. Yeah, in their, soon, in their soon to be former home. Right now, this is an evaluation year to determine what pieces of this Royals core are needed to stick around and build a contending team. Now, one of the biggest issues last year were walks. They were dead last in walks uh, allowed. And this year it's gotten much better so far, but their ERA is 27th in baseball with a 5.46 ERA. Are we worse than that? Um, I do not believe so. I didn't think we were. No, we're not much better. But meanwhile... uh. Last year's cool. best – well, this is the thing. Last year's best starter for the Royals was Brady Singer. Well, right. um, in four starts this season, as of today, he owns an 8.14 ERA. Didn't he pitch for Team USA in the WBC? Um, yes. He did. Yeah, and, that's what I thought. You know, you look at – which is interesting because the worst pitcher last season, which is Chris Bubick, who is the best pitcher this season, is now injured. Um, and he with the left flexor strain. Now, uh-huh. once again, over his last eight games, Bobby Witt Jr. is 14 of his last 38. Um, Vinny Pasquantino has a 14 game on base streak. Um, you know, they rank third in baseball in hard hit baseball percentage with a 45%. But they are second to last in runs and last in OPS at only 0.595. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. So there is just yeah, OPS, that's on baseball plus slugging, you know, 5.9, 0.595. That's pretty bad. Exactly. So, you know, the Royals are definitely. Um, and meanwhile, Jared's continuing his lovely comments. Jeremy told Mo to promote promote uh, Walker, and he failed. Okay. Well, how, I will say, you... you know what? I want to ask you that, and I know how Jared is, but I want to ask you, what are your thoughts, Parker, on Jordan Walker for the Cardinals so far this season? I like him. He's i I say give I say keep him up there. He's he has gotten the yips from time to time, but overall, I think he's been really good for us. You have to keep him up there because you've gotten too far to send him yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Now with all with all the hype, you can't send him down. Almost. No, you can't send down uh, Jordan Walker given where you are at now. 
But um, you know, he has gotten the yips from time to time. But I think, I, I think it'll, I think it'll all work itself out. I, well, he I, also I, never, well, Walker also never played a game of Triple A baseball. Nope. So you're sending a guy straight from Springfield to the big leagues, and people may not think that's much, but that is a big adjustment for an athlete. Yes, it you is. Know? There's a reason minor league systems are so deep. It's because it is a new experience with each rank. Um, yeah, they don't have. Short, I don't think they have short season A anymore. Like leagues like the Appy League, the Appalachian League, and the new the New York Penn League. Yeah. Those are and Eddie, thank you so much. Eddie Jamison tuning in, a longtime fan here at Roundabout Sports. Thank you so much. Um, Go yeah, Jays. So right now we are talking about Jordan Walker's so far of his how he's done with the Cardinals. And I'm gonna pull up how Jordan Walker's stats are lining up right now. Um right. now you go to so, baseballreference.com for that. Yeah, right now we got Jordan Walker's looking at a 254 batting average, two home runs, uh eight RBIs, and a stolen base. So yeah. You know, his OPS is his OPS is yeah. I was gonna say his six six nine OPS, which once again I like that. That's that's another one of my favorite stats. I I like those sabermetric stats like ops and whip and all that. So Jared has the thought that, and I and I want your take on this. Uh, Jared says, "quote He has potential, but he just wasn't ready." Um, Eddie says he's pretty good for a rookie. Folks, keep I, on I have to go, with, I have to go on with Eddie on that one. I don't know if he's Roy yet, but I think he's going to be. I think he's I think definitely he not be, Roy yet. He'll be in the conversation when all is said and done. I think that's what I'm him. hoping for. I'm anticipating it. You know, I believe I said last, either last week or no, I said two weeks ago. Yeah, it was uh, when you last hosted with me, was that I was anticipating him also being in an uh, All Star as well as being the Rookie of the Year um, for the National League. I look at I don't know about All Star, but I can I think he's going to be in the conversation. once again high expectations, bold predictions. You know, that was our that was the bold prediction I had was that he was going to be an All Star. Um, I but I look at Jordan Walker. I think he's sufficed. I will say the player that struggled the most, in my opinion, on the Cardinals as far as the lineup is concerned is Tyler O'Neill. Mm, yeah. I think or, no, I, I definitely think it's been Tyler O'Neill. You know, we had a lot of expectations for him this year. I think he um, did he had them for himself too. Well, yeah. And you know, while on paper you know, having a 278 batting average doesn't sound bad. No. Um, you know, he's hit two home runs, but he only has four RBIs, and he's already struck out 20 times. Um, yeah, that's you know, that's 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 Dave. That's in the Dave Kingman. Uh... It's it's boom or bust. Now, that's yeah, he's he's kind of remind that's that is who Tyler O'Neill is reminding me of right now. He is reminding me, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's reminding me of Dave Kingman. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And you know, he's been dealing with injuries as well. And meanwhile, Paul DeYoung's down in Memphis striking out 
Oh, of course. <laughs> and so nothing new is going on I, there. I just I don't know. I've I've said this many times on in the Facebook groups. I say we just DFA him, eat the contract, and charge more for hot dogs. Uh, you know what the funny thing is? I was fine until you said the last part. Oh, come fine. on. No, we ain't charging anything any more than what we need to, or else I'm just going to have a big-time barbecue at my house before I go to the ball game. I do that anyway. <laughs> well, I look at where um, – you look at the lineup the Cardinals are dealing with right now, and they have right now, as of after today's 14-5 to win, they have a minus-two run differential. Keep in mind, it took them to score 14 runs in a game to make that a nine-run Almost make that up, yeah. Yeah. Um, the and, yes, okay, right. we have to discuss the elephant in the room here because Eddie brought it there up There it as is. Well. It's the issue about hustling and patience at the plate when it comes to Tyler O'Neill. So we all know what happened last week. Um, when Tyler O'Neill did not hustle fast enough running from third to home and got uh got out at home um against the Braves. Mm. And, and there was a lot out. of well, the problem was first off, I'm just gonna say while O'Neill, in my opinion, handled it badly as far as just lack of effort, I think management handled it badly. There's no reason for John Mosaic to go out there and talk about it. It does no. nothing. It does nothing. It doesn't help Tyler O'Neill anymore. It's a, what you need to do is have an internal conversation in the manager's clubhouse exactly. and say, look, yeah, you are problem, better than this. We have not... higher expectations of you. And this is not, and see, that's the thing. You know, um, we take a look uh, at Jared saying how Tyler is the workhorse. Where was the effort then? Tyler can be a workhorse. I praise Tyler a lot. But at the same time, Tyler's just had a very rough start to 2023. And once again, 143 games to go, plenty of room and time for improvement. But as of now, there's a lot of question marks. And I think those – I'm sorry. I think those question marks before the end of the season are going to be turned into exclamation points. Well – I, I see him improving. I do see Tyler O'Neill improving as time goes on. I see the whole team getting better. You know, I don't think they took into account how bad the pitching situation would be. Um, you know, I think they should have. I think they should have gotten. I think they if they had gotten Pablo Lopez, I think we'd be a lot better off than we are now. I personally think if we didn't lose Quintana, we'd be a lot better. Well, there's nothing. Look. Imagine having a rotation with Wainwright, Michaelis, Flaherty, Montgomery, and then Quintana. Mm, yeah. Two lefties, three righties. Where Quintana is now. Yeah. That doesn't mean he would have necessarily been that way if he was still with the Cardinals. That's true. Uh, That's true. I look at – because look at where Jordan Montgomery was with the Yankees before he got traded. Yeah, nobody, you know, he wasn't doing anything. He never got that chance to shine. Now Montgomery's with the Cardinals, and he's been arguably their best pitcher, you know, since he's joined the team. He gets the most run support. Um, 
he has one of the best records, you know. So yeah. I look at, you know, where this team stands right now. Um, they avoided the sweep by beating Arizona today. Um, yeah. And with you can't say things are looking bleak 19 games into the season. No, you can't. That, that has been, that has been the sticking point in a lot of these Facebook groups. They are trying to say, Oh, it's over. Yada, 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 blah, 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 crap. It's not. There's plenty of time left. I mean, granted the window is getting smaller, but there's still plenty of time. I, I don't see it to where, first off, the Cardinals have not finished in last place since 1990, you know, and I'm knocking on the wood here. Um, <laughs> but they haven't finished in last place since 1990. I don't see they that changing anytime soon. They haven't lost 90-plus games in a season since 1992. Exactly. They haven't um, lost 100-plus games in a season since 1908. Right, and those are stats I still see living on because I don't think this Cardinals team is that bad. No, I don't. Um, I never. Have. I think it just. I just think it takes time for this team to gel and mesh together. And you know, look at Contreras. Contreras has gotten much better. He's also, you know, the Cardinals didn't just get him for his bat. He is a very solid – look, you can't replace Yadier Molina when it comes to being behind the plate, but you sure as hell can try and come close. And Wilson Contreras like, has done really well like so replacing far. replacing the Pope. Exactly. And Wilson Contreras has thrown out the most batters – or most runners, I'm sorry. He's thrown out the yeah. most base stealers in the league. Um, and, you know – and one reason that Molina didn't do that in his later years is, is often is because teams just didn't want to throw on him, you know, or, want to or, run, on or run on him. Yeah. Didn't give him a chance to try to throw him out. But Wilson Contreras has gotten hot over the past few games. He's overcome the injury he suffered at the opening day. Um, he's hit a couple of home runs. He's hit a couple of home runs, got some good RBIs, got some good swings, you know. And what was he what was he saying to their catcher today? <laughs> so I don't know what was going on, but somehow Madison Bumgarner and Wilson Contreras were jawjacking some words. And look, I'm not gonna lie, this is not the Madison Bumgarner that has any room to talk. Mm-hmm. This isn't 2015. You you don't Bumgarner has no room to talk, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I do he's think not, you know, he's, he's certainly not the pitcher he was when he was with San Francisco. No, he wasn't. Um, you know, I I liken him to a lesser version of Zach Greinke is now. Zach Greinke mm-hmm. is better with the Royals now than Madison Bumgarner is with the Diamondbacks, and Greinke was with the Diamondbacks. Yep. Um, and so it was just a weird exchange. Um, it was now before I delve into what some of the new things in MLB, the latest happenings, I do want to give out major praise to the man himself, Tommy Edmond. 
Yes. The all-star himself, because it was a career day for Tommy Edmond. Um, five, five RBIs. Yeah, so to Tommy Edmond had a, a career high five RBIs today. A base He's, hit shy of the cycle. He was a single single shy of the cycle. Say that ten times fast. Um, he was the twelfth Cardinal shortstop in team history with nine total bases in a game. He was the fifteenth Cardinals leadoff hitter with five plus RBIs in a single game. And Parker, this is the type of stat you would like. He was the first Cardinals leadoff hitter with three extra base hits and five RBIs in the game since 1920. Yeah. That is a Parker stat. If I'm that's since we played at Robeson Field. Yeah. And no, Eddie, unfortunately, he did not get the cycle. He got the T, he got the, uh, um, you got three fourths of it. He got the triple, the double, and the home run. Yeah. It's ironic. Yeah. It, it's ironic because to me, um, I consider, look, most people consider the triple to be the hardest part of the cycle to get. Yes, I do too. And, th and then the single, obviously no hit in baseball is easy, but the single is easier to get than a double, triple, or home run. Yes. Well, that's the one thing Tommy Emmett didn't get. He also walked. Tommy Emmett had a great game. And well, if, this overall, had been 80, if this had been 1887, he would have hit for the cycle. His 1887, in 1887, Tommy Edmond probably would have had 15 RBIs today. Yeah, he, um, he would have uh, – walks would have counted as base hits. And this is why I think you need to keep Tommy Edmond at the leadoff spot. You know, you have a guy – look, I think you should either have Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan. Those are the two guys you need to have really kick-starting on the lineup. I prefer Edmond as the leadoff man. Yeah. But you have Edmond at leadoff. You can put anybody else. You can put Donovan. You can put Taylor Motter. Hell, put if you want, just for the hell of it, put Burles in there. You know, but you you have to have somebody who's very good at getting on base prior to uh, Contreras, your Arenados, your Goldschmidt, um, those guys in the lineup. Right. Your your true your power hitters. You know, the so I, I, I look at it like this before what I like to call the silver sluggers. You know, you want the guys to get on base before the silver sluggers. Um, that's someone why I someone okay. said to me, um, that that Alec Burleson looked like a softball player. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, that's what so, that's what somebody <laughs> told me. He looked like, he, he looked like a beer league softball funny. player. <sighs> Well, meanwhile, the Cardinals will be uh, facing off against the um, – they have an off day on Thursday, but they begin a series against the Seattle Mariners, a yeah. rare matchup between the Cardinals and Mariners um, yeah, starting on Friday. Played them. Yeah. Um, so um, we're going to keep our baseball talk going. Folks, welcome to Roundabout Sports for those that are just tuning in. Um, I'm the maestro Jeremy Carp, alongside Parker Bania, the Burt Sugar of Missouri, our lovely sports historian himself. Um, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we are all over anywhere you can find a podcast. We are there at Roundabout Sports. So it comes out now. One of the biggest headlines in, in sports so far this year is the new rules that baseball has been implementing. You know, the pitch clock. 
um, the amount of pickoffs you can make, the challenges, the extra base, the you know the base runner and extra innings, things like that. Um, the, oh yeah, the on deck, the uh, between on deck and getting and yes. stuff to the plate, the thirty seconds you got. Yeah. Now, MLB announced that a series of experimental rules will be used in the Atlantic League this season. So this is, I'm going to really do my best to explain some of this because you have a designated pinch runner, double hook designated hitter rule, and further limitations on a pitcher's ability to make pickoff moves. So we're going to go one by one here. So we got the designated pinch runner rule. That will allow a player who's not in the starting lineup to be used at any point of the game as a substitute base runner. That's not new. But that, the, the was player who was tried by the Oakland A's in 1974 with Herb Washington, a former NCAA right. champion sprinter. So with it, you know, the player normally Parker, you, and you've seen this when a player subbed out. So we'll just say Molina would get a single. And they put in, you know, we'll just say for the hell of it, you know, someone else that can actually run. Um, yeah, we'll just say Dylan Carlson. Molina would be done at that point, And they would yeah. probably do a double switch to try to get somebody in catcher. Well, mm -hmm. with this rule, the player who was subbed out as well as the pinch runner would still be able to return to the game. Ah. So if you took – so for the uh, – if you took Molina out, Molina could still play. Um, now you got the double hook DH rule. Okay. That's the one I'm having a little problem with. So this is uh, – yeah, I'm not going to lie. This one does not sound good. No. Um, and not. keep in mind, folks, these are all prototype rules that are being tested. Um, sounds like we're at uh, the Ford Motor Factory. Are they? What's that? They're not going to try and go to the Robo Ump, are they? Uh, I hope not, or James is really going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the double hook DH rule allows teams to use the DH throughout the game as long as the starter throws five innings. Now, if that doesn't occur, the team loses its DH, and the pitcher spot would bat for the remainder of the game. This was tested last season in the Atlantic League. Um, an independent ball, an independent league that has nothing to do with major. Yeah, league. let's keep in mind what this is. Atlantic League's an independent minor league that's been in a designated MLB partner league since 2019. Oh, they and are a partner league. They're a partner league since 2019, but they they're basically the guinea pig league, I call them, because they're there to help with testing out the new rules. Now they don't they aren't affiliate their clubs are not affiliated with MLB. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's my thought. It's just partnered with MLB. Um, to do these guinea pig rules. Right. Now there's also the single disengagement rule. Which means pitchers can only take their foot off the rubber once per at-bat to attempt to pick off or reset the pitch clock. Once again, another rule I disagree with right there. I I personally don't have a problem with the pinch runner thing. I really don't. I have a problem with the double hook because I, 
I always was a fan of seeing, you know, the idea of pitchers hitting, but don't make it to where it's a punishment if a pitcher doesn't go five innings two years after you implemented a universal DH rule in the first place. Yeah, no. That's literally defeating the point of having the universal DH. I was just going to say, yeah, you're defeating the purpose there. Yeah. The point is to make sure pitchers don't hit. And if you don't want pitchers not – if you want pitchers to just pitch instead of hitting and pitching, then, then why have this rule? Exactly. And, and the single disengagement thing, it, it, I, I don't like that either. Pitchers should be allowed on limited attempts to try to pick off the runner or, you know, reset the clock when it comes to the mound. Um, I think pitchers' motions have been thrown off enough as it is with these rules. Um, so I haven't, haven't, I'm surprised I I haven't seen as many pitch clock violations this year as I thought I was going to say. No, but you've also seen some really stupid, like, calls. There was was one the other day that somebody got a balk or something. Yeah, I, and then now Eddie brought this up in the comments and it's about Max Scherzer. So I want to get this out there max scherzer he is actually ejected he actually got ejected today um max scherzer starting pitcher for the mets ejected in the fourth inning of the mets victory against the dodgers Uh um and they checked because the umps repeatedly checked the ace's hand for uh sticky sticky substances yeah he said it was rosin or something like that so now he was hot but the thing of it is, if yeah, and it was Ros, like he was he was ejected for having rosin on his glove. If he was deemed to have violated the rule just like that, he's automatically suspended ten games, which can be appealed. That's two starts. Yeah. Um, now Scherzer said he washed his hands with alcohol in front of an MLB official as well, um, and so yeah, it's. It said after the second hitting, his hand was clumpy from the rosin and sweat that he was, and that he was told by the umpire to wash it off. So mm-hmm. that's the reason Eddie he had gotten ejected from the game. Um, now they didn't suspend him, did they? He's facing the suspension. He's not a fit. Max Scherzer is not officially suspended yet, but. It would be, if they officially determine it, it'll be 10 games. So, again, two starts. Exactly. And knowing how pitchers already are limited so much these days as it is, that doesn't help the Mets' situation. No, it doesn't. And the Mets are not exactly lighting the league on fire right now. No. It's cut. They lit the league up in the offseason, but they definitely haven't lit it up now. No. I mean, what... I mean, there was a two-game stretch with the Brewers where the that the Brewers scored 19 runs and the Mets scored none. Right. So, um, yeah, the Mets are not exactly. Uh, yeah, they're not. They're not impressing people. They're not impressing people. And like we've said all shows so far, you know, in baseball, there's 162 games. We're only we have a. Uh, and Parker, I want your opinion on this. That uh, 
my dad actually brought up. He wants to know, what are your thoughts on the shift, basically? He wants the shift brought back to baseball. Mm. What do you think? I'm not, I'm, nah, I'm, I like it the way it is now. I, I, I thought the shift killed a lot of guys' numbers. This, like, I thought Matt, it was good defense. Like, I mean, I don't. I think it's just it's a defensive strategy. That's like saying here we're going to eliminate cover two in football. Like you, you know, like you, you right. can't just you can't just limit defense for the sake of wanting more offense. Which, once again, the NFL does enough of as it is. But you know, and no, I will see your point. Yeah, now I see, your, I see your dad's point too. Right, and now once again, you know, game time has been a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a Red Sox Angels game that only went an hour and fifty-seven minutes a couple days ago. Which oh, is that the Patriot Day game they played at eleven? Yes. Yeah, at the same time as the Boston Marathon. Yeah, hour fifty-seven minute baseball game. Wow. Know? So yeah, it used to be you could finish the mar- finish the Boston Marathon, and you could break three hours in the Boston Marathon and head over to the ballpark and catch the majority of the game. Exactly. Um, Not now. <laughs> yep, and there's uh, Mark O'Brien cheering on Boston right there. So yeah, my uh, my partner on down the left field line is a Red Sox fan, and I do I do want to I do want to say that. Um, his grandfather passed. We were supposed to do a show, but then he found out his granddad died. And we're still going to do a show Saturday, and we will be dedicating it to his granddad. Well, we express here our deepest condolences to Robert on the tragic loss of his grandfather. I can't wait to tune into the tribute episode because I know emotions are going to be high, but you guys do an amazing job every week. So Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm sure I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, it's, um, but we will be we will be doing our show on Saturday. Anyway, go on, um, folks. We're actually now at the point of the show where Parker's going to step back for a little bit because it is now time for uh, NBA talk here on Roundabout Sports, and the playoffs are in full swing. Now, at the top of the show, Parker gave his prediction for the NBA Finals was going to be the New York Knicks and the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Um, now. Like I said, even though Parker will be backstage, he'll still be able to hear all this. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to bring on. Uh, I'm going to bring on Du Henson, and he is going to kind of take us through what the playoffs are like so far. So, ladies and gentlemen, he is a published author of his very own. He is a longtime sports fan and a massive, uh, believe it or not, speaking of Boston, big-time Boston Celtics fan, uh, his favorite all-time athlete. Oh, you just got a question. XFL? (laughs) Oh, yeah, wait a minute. There is – we are going to do that, yeah. You know what? We'll do that, actually. While Dew is waiting, we are going to talk about the XFL because it could have been so easy, Parker. Yeah, I mean, the battle – all the Battle Hawks had to do was beat Seattle, and that would have been that. Yeah, I – you know, maybe that's why I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to think about it. Now the truth comes out. Yeah, okay. because, okay, folks, here we go. For the St. Louis Battlehawks and the XFL, all they had to do last week was beat the Seattle Sea Dragons, and they'd be in the playoffs. Well, the opposite happened. Yep. 
And because of that, the uh, Battlehawks now have a... They're tied... It's literally tied every way, shape, or form, essentially, with the Sea Dragons right now. Now, the top two teams in the North and South Divisions of the XFL go to the playoffs. Right. You know, it's a very small playoff bracket. Two te- The top two teams in each division face off, and then those two, the winners of that those two games go and face each other in the championship. The really big game at the end. Yeah, the really big game. Um, with that... We get to the point where next week the Seattle Sea Dragons face off against the Vegas Vipers. Um, and the Battlehawks will be hosting the Orlando Guardians. The Vegas Vipers almost ambushed us. Yeah, and once again, the Vipers, you're right, Vegas almost beat us and it took a comeback. Um, the biggest issue I had from the Battlehawks game last Saturday was just piss poor play calling yeah i could i could see i could see that on the uh, i could see that on the message (laughs) messenger (laughs) i mean how are you not it is third down and 11 and you're running a uh check down what why did you get get a gain of three and you're down by 12 essentially duh now i will give uh o'brien this this comment he says DC's got it in the bag. While I don't think it's over till it's over, look, DC is the favorite without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, even DC's been better than Houston. And believe it or not, the only – and DC also beat Arlington in overtime last week, uh, 28-26. Um, I look at – and St. Louis couldn't stop D.C. So right. say St. Louis goes to the playoffs and they face off against D.C., I mean, they got swept by them in the regular season. Who's to say what will happen after that? That's right. The playoffs can be a very different beast. So anything can happen. But what needs to happen, the number one scenario, if the Battlehawks win and the Sea Dragons lose, we're in. Yep. Opposite happens, Seattle's in. Now, what if we both win? Correct me if I'm wrong, but we need help to get in. So the the X. So here's the tie-breaking scenarios um, for the uh, what the pictures looking like. Okay. So, all right, like I said, the top two seeds in the North will play each other in a divisional title, and the same for the South. Top seeds act as the home team. And right now, the home field is set. The the uh, DC Defenders and the Houston Roughnecks will be hosting their playoff game. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. So right now, um, if both teams win, the Sea Dragons potentially have the tiebreaker because. Now, now, I'm going to really try to say this carefully. The Battlehawks would need 19 more points against Orlando than the Sea Dragons put up against Vegas. Oh, wow. So that's good. That's a total order. Basically, yeah. Basically, this is where we're at. And O'Brien puts it perfectly. We have to win basically by 20 if Seattle wins. Right. That That's as simple as you can put it. We have to win by 20 if Seattle wins. 
And I think it's going to be a very nerve-wracking weekend because we play at 11 a.m. Central Time on Saturday morning. Yeah, and the, I, I and the Vipers Sea Dragons game is the last game on Sunday. Oh wow! So, so it's all going to come down to that. So all day Saturday and all day Sunday, you're going to feel like, hey, we got this. But until that Sea Dragons Vipers game, you don't know. So you're not going to be at the game saying to yourself, how's the other game going? Because it hasn't, it's not happening. Right. Um, so they could have, like you said, they could have punched your ticket in week nine, but it's, they had a few dramatic wins to start the season. And that's the big thing about the Battle Hawks. It's always been about the dramatics. It's always mm-hmm. been about cutting it close, finishing it off. By the you know the hair of your chinny chin chin cutting it close yeah. by the teeth, you can't do that against Orlando this weekend. No, you got to put them away early. This and it's crazy to think about, but you're gonna have to beat them the way you beat Vegas the first time when you beat Vegas by twenty three points. Yeah, so if you, you're if gonna we, have to blow these guys out. Yeah, so we win twenty seven to nothing. It won't matter what the Sea Dragons do. No, it won't matter what the Sea Dragons do. If I mean, I don't know. It's the thing of it is, we just have to, the Battlehawks just have to do their part. Yes. You know, we can't, even if we beat them by, beat the Guardians by 30, you know, Seattle could still just as well win enough to where we don't make the playoffs oh okay so the margin because let's be honest let's say seattle wins 56 nothing then if then we're we out. Win, yeah we're out you know so you got that margin of victory, you yeah. got that margin of victory coming into play the margin of victory it all comes into play but o'brien put it perfectly we just if, if Seattle wins, as long as we had beaten Orlando by 20 or more, we're in. That's okay. all it takes. Now, who uh, what about AJ McCarron? He's in. AJ so McCarron's he's in. He's playing. Um uh sources have told me he is going to be good to go. And his wife um, will be there. And his wife will be there. His for wife, his kids, his family there. This is gonna be AJ McCarron. You know, I feel like the reason he didn't play against Vegas. I personally feel like he could have, but I think they played the safe bet in Saddam. Yeah, I think play yeah, against I was, Seattle. You were saying, you, I think you were saying that before. But look what happened. He still struggled. And mm-hmm. the, it's because they don't take chances. And when they do, they, they cower in fear if it doesn't go right. He threw one deep pass all game. And when it went for an interception, he didn't do it again. Right. You know, now I do have to interject a couple of things here. Number one, this is a, a, a brief NFL note Blaine Gabbert, former MU quarterback, will be back in state. Blaine Gabbert is going to be backing up Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. I do love the sight of that. Um, you know, after Chad Henney retired, they needed a new backup quarterback and honestly you know blaine gabbert 33 years old former first round pick um mu tiger and former mu tiger yep 
Uh, and believe it or not, former Super Bowl champion when the Bucks beat the Chiefs. That's right. Um, That's right. So, himself a ring. And at Mizzou, you know, he had 40 touchdowns, 18 picks, over almost 7,000 passing yards. Yeah. Uh, 60.9 completion percentage. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he left a year early, didn't he? Yeah, he only played – he left after his junior season. And what about Drew Locke? Did he leave early or did he play all four seasons? Um, as far as Drew Locke goes, Drew Locke actually uh, played all four seasons. So he – so Drew Locke did not leave early. No, Drew Locke would play – he went in the draft when he was a senior. Okay. Um, and so – yeah, but that is also good breaking news as well. Um, I have to interject also that The Rock is talking expansion of the XFL. Yes, The Rock's talking expansion of the XFL, although I think if The Rock needs to talk about anything, it's about get it's about getting more affordable and more creative jersey designs on the XFL shop website. I'm not going to lie. There couldn't be anything more basic for $200 than what they have on that website. And it is not worth it. Jerseys are 200 bucks? D, D, uh, jerseys on the oh, uh, XFL shop are about 200 bucks. And are those? Trust me. I look at them. They look like they were thrown together in five minutes combined. Exactly. Exactly. It's like Babs said. They threw them together with the Times New Roman font. Um Good job, Babs. So, with all that said, um, folks, as we are nearing the hour mark here on Roundabout Sports, um, for our final segment of the show, we are going to be turning things over to our dear friend, Du Henson. And, Parker, we will be seeing you momentarily. So, hang tight, buddy. I'll be right here. Right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Roundabout Sports, the basketball guru himself, Du Henson. How's it What's going, going on? How you doing, How my you doing? friend? I'm all right. So, what are your thoughts so far on just the overall... <coughs> we, we got Last week we talked, we got through the play-in games mm -hmm. so now we're actually at what the uh we're in the thick of the playoffs um so far the first series i want to really bring up the kings what let's is talk about the kings <laughs> so i look at uh what sacramento has done so far right now the um sacramento kings are facing off in the playoffs and i believe if i remember correctly they are facing off against let's see i believe the warriors yes golden state they're going against golden state yeah so they're going against golden state and um believe it or not uh last saturday the Kings actually beat them. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday, they beat them again. Somehow, Crazy. this Warriors team is uh, down 
two games to nothing. Why? What is to you the biggest reason for that? They can't slow down De'Aaron Fox. Nobody's fast enough to guard him. And then the role players of the Kings are just coming through. Malik Monk is playing amazing. Davion Mitchell is showing he's as advertised. And the games are going to change a lot because with Draymond Green being suspended for a game, that's big. And I think DeMontes Sabonis is actually out for the next game. Yeah. I I saw that, and I but I look, and look, it's not like the Kings are blowing them out of the water, and you can never count a team like the Warriors out of the equation. But this mm-hmm. is arguably the best the Kings have looked from top to bottom in over 20 years. Um, Does this team have a shot to really make a deep playoff push and potentially even – Go to the finals. <clears throat> you mean Sacramento go to the finals? Ooh. It all depends on DeMontis Sabonis. After you guys rib stomped in, you know? Yeah, it definitely wasn't pretty, that's for sure. Um, and game three will be... That's true. ...in Golden State. Sacramento that's- is a very old franchise. Yeah. Um, and it'll be on Thursday, so tomorrow night at 9 p.m. It's it just it's crazy to think that because a lot of people thought, first off, this the Kings had an NBA record 16 year playoff drought that's finally ended. Um, and on top of that, everybody thought that they would get stopped by the Warriors because why not? You got Curry, Clay, and Draymond, arguably, you could. You can make the argument, best trio in NBA history. Is there? It's it's up there. There's so many great trios, but they're up there. Um, but at the same time, it's not just a three-man team. Mm-hmm. And I think if you rely too much on three players, the rest gets exposed. Of course. It's all about the team game, and it's all about when it comes to the playoffs. It's how deep is your bench, and what can your role players do? Superstars are always going to be a superstar, but role players really have to step up in the playoffs. Exactly. Um, so we t- so we got the Kings, who are up to nothing on the Warriors. We'll see tomorrow if they can go a surprising three zip on them, or if the Warriors will put themselves right back in it at. Uh, Two to one, and then game four will be this upcoming Sunday, April twenty third, two thirty. Once again in Golden State. Um, so we take, so we got that one. Then you also have yourselves. We're gonna keep. We're gonna stay in the West. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies and the number seven seed Los Angeles Lakers. Rough. <laughs> right now, yeah. Right now, it's one nothing. Uh, Grizzlies are up 22 to 16 as I'm currently speaking. Yep, and we will try to keep you updated on that. It is 22-16 Grizzlies uh, as they look to tie it up. But what was it in game one that just completely stunned you? I'm not surprised. You're Oh, you're actually not surprised. The only thing that stunned me was the fact that Ja got hurt. That's it. So I said this even... about the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are all talk. 
when Brandon Clark and Steven Adams got hurt and they're no longer in the lineup, I re- I picked the Lakers to win already. Like that just because they have the defensive player of the year don't mean nothing to me. Steven Adams is different. And Brandon Clark off the bench, you, there ain't nothing I can say about it. Brandon Clark off the bench is spectacular. And both of those guys are out. And now Jaw is a hurt with his wrist injury. So basically, it didn't surprise you that the number, even though the, and I think this just goes into the whole thing where seeding isn't always yeah. an indicator of the team. Experience matters too. Experience matters. And honestly, when it comes to experience, it doesn't get much better than the Lakers, which <laughs> we have right now. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, never heard of this LeBron James guy. Um, although you stated to me before um what who the real main guy of the team is. That being Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. It's his team. So, you know, we may look at LeBron as the as the uh face to run some plays, but look, let's not take into what's Take a second and realize that uh, Anthony Davis is only 30 years old. And you got big contributions from Austin Reeves even. LeBron James gave Austin Reeves the ball and said, go make a play. Yeah. and He's set on the wing. (laughs) Right. And AD in his first year or second year with the Lakers immediately made an impact. They won the uh, the finals. I know a lot of people have issues with the whole bubble <laughs> thing, but nevertheless, look, you win the championship, you win the championship. And that's exactly what the Lakers did. Um, and AD, they wouldn't have won it without him. Absolutely not. So... Right now, Memphis, once again, is holding their own, but we'll see how this series plays out, and I know we'll definitely be keeping track of that. Um, then you got, so far, also the Denver Nuggets, who are the top seed. They actually uh, play in about an hour or two, so they play at 10 o'clock Eastern as of this original mm-hmm. broadcast. Um, and maybe facing off against the number eight seed Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm. So Denver's already up one nothing in the series. Where did the Timberwolves go from here? Make Does shots. It look any better? Make shots. Make shots, and Rudy Gobert has to play better. It are the Wolves completely screwed if Gobert's out? Nah, nah, I don't think so. Because it seems like a lot of the team does revolve around Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, but Rudy Gobert is, in my opinion, Rudy Gobert is the most overrated player. One of the most overrated players in the league right now. Maybe not the most, but definitely one of. His defensive defensive efficiency is not worth the package they gave up to acquire him. Now that is true, um, but in the NBA, overpaying happens all the time. <laughs> you ain't wrong. You know, <laughs> and it's and the NBA makes it that way. You know, it's not even 
there's not as many regulations as far as what you can and can't do as far as packages. So, um, but yeah, I think even though he is regarded as overrated as of the moment, look, Rudy Gobert, (coughs) I still think he's a very solid defender. Mm -hmm. And I feel that it's a big blow to the team if he's not in there playing because Carl Anthony Towns definitely ain't going to be able to do everything to keep him in it. Car Anthony Towns doesn't like to put his back to the basket anymore, so that's why Rudy Gobert is important. Carl Anthony Towns is more comfortable shooting threes than posting up on the block, which can be detrimental. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I take a look at where the Wolves and and look, Denver, essentially one of the best teams in the league this year. Mm-hmm. 53 and 29. Number one seed for a reason. <clears throat> they were number one seed. Jokic points per game had averaged 24 and a half. He also led the team in assists and uh, field goal percentage at over 63% of his shots. The, this is, I think, the stat that really blew my mind. The team averaged 115 points a game. Mm-hmm. That is an offensive juggernaut. And then. You want to know an underrated stat that I have? I have the Denver Nuggets rebounding. You and I talked about rebounds a lot and how much that really uh, played a role into teams during the play-in tournament. (coughs) Well, the Nuggets this year averaged 43 rebounds a game. Oh, yeah. That right there is a huge difference maker. I don't know if MPJ is completely healthy, but I know he's pretty healthy. I know he's in a good spot right now. And he's, his play is showing it. Although he's chucking up too many threes that when, when I'm right now in the playoffs. That boy is yeah. chucking. Hm. Well, and, and there was no contest, though, really, in uh, mm-hmm. game one. It was 109 to 80. <laughs> that boy is letting that thing fly. Um, I think the big-time score was uh, – well, and you know what's funny, though? You had talked about um, for the – well, first, I'm going to bring this up. Jamal Murray, you want to talk about somebody that was just making shot after shot? He got hot quick. Jamal Murray really was the big reason for that. I mean, he had 24 points and eight assists in that win. Um, and that was his first playoff game in nearly three years. Mm. And, he, and But you, you know what's funny? I feel like one of the most overrated players in the league is also on the Timberwolves. And it's not Rudy Gobert. Hmm. I think it's Anthony Edwards. <clears throat> and I know what you're going to say. You know, he's 21 years old. How can a 21-year-old be overrated? Look. I'm not saying a 21-year-old can't be overrated. I'm just saying he's not used to these experiences yet. And he's in a slump right now. Well, he's a big-time slump. I mean, well, first off, he's... <clears throat> the big thing for me is he was ranked 83rd in the league in field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. He barely shot 45%. Do we need to say what happened during the play-in <laughs> or, or in game one, for that matter, against the uh, against the Nuggets when he only went, I believe, 6 for 15? You know? And, then, yeah, he got 18 points, but at the same time um, – it's rough. You know, he averaged 24 and a half points a game in the regular season. 
So there is that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just ugh. I'm still taking Rudy Gobert. Are you? As more overrated. Okay. That's a, that's fine. No problem with that. <laughs> um, I take a look at. I, I just we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes with them. Oh yeah, um, that now, that can go either way. Still, yeah. Now, hopefully, and allow me a second to double check this. Um, Memphis is officially up nine. Memphis is officially up nine. Okay. I will say there are those that may not be able to tune in at the moment on our uh, Facebook feed. For some reason, it might have gotten disconnected. So I hope for those that understand, we are still on the air. You can find us on YouTube on our Roundabout Sports Facebook page. Um, But meanwhile, we are still talking about the NBA playoffs. And folks... um, I must say, so we're going to go to the Eastern Conference now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we still got one more Western Conference series, and it's and it's the toughest one yet. It's the Clippers and the, and the Suns. Now, at one point, we thought the Suns were going to mop the floor with the Clippers. And mm-hmm. then everything changed. None changed for me. One. Game one, Russell Westbrook wanted it more. That's it. The only way the Clippers can beat the Suns if PG is healthy and in the lineup. So if even Paul if... George, Paul George, okay. by the way, if Paul George is not in the starting lineup, the Clippers have no chance. Well, unless someone gets hurt, unless somebody ends up getting hurt. Well, okay. Well, here's my thing. So. Say that uh, PG gets hurt. Well, PG's out right now. Well, say PG stays out, Mm -hmm. you know. Even with Rush, you don't think they'll be able to match up? They've already done it once. He's not had a good year. Russ had one good game. And that was all tempers, all flares, and all emotions because he's going against Kevin Durant. Okay. Let's put it like this. Who's going to match up who? Who are you going to have to guard Devin Booker? Yeah. Who's going to guard Devin Booker? Russ? All right, then who's going to guard Chris Paul? Oh, okay. Then who's going to guard Kevin Durant? Oh, that's already. Wait a minute. Wait, what? I was going to say, well, wait a minute. Uh, What about Norman Powell? Norman Paul, I guess he could guard. Hmm, who would he guard? He could guard Devin Booker, but what about Terrence Mann? Terrence Mann, nah. He, he's man. He's all right, but he's just the body to throw at him. At the end of the day, most most likely going to get cooked. I feel like it's weird because I feel like the Clippers are a very talented team, but at the same time, I feel like the talent level is still below what the Suns have. And it's not even a knock on the Suns. Or I'm sorry, on the Clippers. It's just... Was Chris Paul ever the mayor? I don't even know. I don't know if that was his nickname. 
I only, I've always known him as the point guard. Yeah. So I was gonna say, yeah, he's no nicknames are CP3 and the point guard. Um and I believe uh Fred Holberg was the name uh, was the nickname the mayor. But anyway, mm-hmm. so we got a lot of future Hall of Famers on this team right now. On the, in this matchup. In this, in this in game. This <laughs> yeah, I meant in the series. I'm going to name a player and you tell me where they're at right now if they're a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul. Hall of Famer. Paul George. Questionable. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Hall of Famer. Um... Devin Booker. Questionable. He might not make it though. Um, let's see. Kevin Durant is a Hall of Famer. I was gonna say Kevin Durant. Uh Eric. Kawhi Leonard? I think he's a Hall of Famer. You think Kawhi Leonard's a Hall of Famer? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't think anybody else is in the conversation. Not even on the Suns? Nah. It's only Durant, Chris Paul. I think it's too early for Aiden. That's the only reason. That's my only thing. I think it's just Aiden too early. Aiden ain't no Hall of Famer. Get out of here. He ain't going to be no Hall of Famer. The last thing you just said. <laughs> he better have a surgeon's like now. <laughs> Fair. I'll give you that. Um, so we're going to move on now to the, uh, Eastern bracket of the NBA playoffs. And all um, right. You said you don't know about Kawhi Leonard if he's going to be a hall of famer. Yeah. I don't know about Kawhi Leonard. So as I get to that, I want you to give me your reason as to why Kawhi Leonard is a hall of famer. He's a two-time champ, two times finals MVP. You know, I can go deep into depth on Kawhi. And a former defensive player of the year, All-NBA first team multiple times, all-defensive team almost every year he's played. Is the lack of a title holding Paul George out of the conversation? Stats and health. I mean, I look at Paul George's stats, and I mean, first, and he's he's still old. If he makes it, it'll be a while before he gets in. Well, yeah. Well, first off, he's also only 20 or not 20, 32 years old. I'm like 22. Yeah. Um, but he's an eight time <laughs> all star. He's an NBA first team. He's a five time NBA third team. He's a deep. And I think a big thing people don't realize is just how great he's been defensively. Hmm, how many Two of them time, have won Olympic gold medals? Um, and that's another thing. He's also an Olympic gold medalist. Hmm. Uh, and I know so, PG. I'm pretty sure Durant. I know Durant does. Chris Paul. I think he has one. Yeah, Chris Paul actually has two Olympic gold medals mm-hmm. and a bronze. Yep, he was on that redeem team. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think and, anybody on the other team has any. I don't think anybody on the Clippers have one outside of PG. I was gonna say yeah, because. Um, Kawhi Leonard definitely doesn't. And I don't think Russ ever went. <laughs> I was going to say, did Russ ever go? 
I don't think so. Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah, he did. He went in 2012. Did he? Yeah. Huh? London. So, yeah, he, he's an Olympic gold medalist as well. Wow. Um, I would have never. Oh, you know what? I did know that. <laughs> that was the year of cool, um, Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go to the Eastern Conference now. First, let's just get it out of the way. Right now, the Atlanta Hawks are down two games to none to the Boston Celtics. Um, and both games weren't exactly close. Hmm. So what is overwhelming the fact that... The Hawks just can't stop Boston. Too much firepower. And the fact that Trey Young isn't playing terrible, but in the grand scheme of things, he Derek White is outplaying Trey Young. Granted, he's also like our fourth option, and Trey Young is their first option. Right. And DeJounte Murray really isn't coming through either. Just they just can't keep up offensively with what the Celtics have to offer. Yeah, I mean that's true as well. And let's just pray that Robert Williams can stay healthy. Um, <laughs> I personally see a sweep coming. I'm most not gonna likely. lie. Boston is one of the most dangerous teams in the NBA. Hmm. Um, we're now the favorite to win the championship. <laughs> yeah, Giannis getting hurt. Uh, help we'll that. <laughs> but we'll get that's a road we're going to get to in just a few minutes. Um, so <clears throat> I got Boston going, advancing to the conference semifinals. Um, <clears throat> Philly and Brooklyn. Now, Philly is the number three seed, and they're up to nothing on Brooklyn. Brooklyn ain't got none. <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally surprised Brooklyn made the playoffs. They, it's because they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving earlier in the season. That win stayed. They they were up enough to where they didn't fall down far enough in time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And listen, they ain't got none. <laughs> the Sixers are just going. Yeah. In so, my personal opinion, Joel Embiid is the MVP of the league. So that's a tough call right there, too. I got him over Yoke. Okay. Um, then we get to the no, I once again I got Philly going to the conference semifinal, which I believe they'll mm-hmm. play Boston in that case. Um mm, it's gonna be a bloodbath. Then I got yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that might be series of the year. Um then we got um Cleveland and New York. Man, oh man, do I want to see the Cavs go on. But it's tied one-to-one right now, and... this is Oof, man. Now, back to what Parker said earlier, where he had the Knicks going to the finals. Yeah, explain why you thought that was crazy to think No, I just I made a comment saying that uh, the Knicks don't know how to keep their hands off of each other. <laughs> Julius Randle accidentally slapped um, Jalen Brunson in the face. <laughs> Oh, came to. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, honestly, I 
I don't know about the Knicks going to the finals. I don't even know who's going to win this series. I, this series can go either way to me. I, I look at the Cavs right now. I mean, it goes without saying who their lead man is, and that's Donovan Mitchell. Um, but Speaking of, also, let's talk about the Cavs real quick. Okay. So in game okay. one, Donovan Mitchell almost brought the Cavs back to win game one when they were down by like, I think it was 12 late yeah. in the fourth. But they just got outplayed down by the Knicks because they missed some shots and made some dumb calls. I don't think the Cavs can lose. If as long as they play well and they play together, I think the Cavs got this. I mean, you got Donovan Mitchell, um, Darius who Lowe. actually finished seventh in the league in shooting this season, uh, as far as points per game, mm-hmm. um, with uh, twenty-eight point three points a game. Yo, yeah. And then you got, believe it or not, um, one of the even though. He didn't he was 81st in shooting, and there's a reason for that. He's a center. Jared Allen was fifth in the league in field goal percentage with almost Mark 65%. Twin. <laughs> so and yeah, once again, let's go yeah. back to Darius Garland too, who I think is a big difference maker for the Cavs. Darius Garland averages 21 points a game. Um he the big thing for me, he's an assist machine. Mm-hmm. Top 10 in assists, averaged almost eight a game. That is his big thing. He's he's a role player for the team. Um, and he doesn't have to do more than what he has, he already does. Exactly. The team is very well balanced, and that's what I like about this team. Um, the Cavs made this is their first playoff appearance, I believe, in four years. And mm-hmm. this is the best team they've to me, they fielded since the second LeBron James era ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more to the Cavs than you even mentioned. Yeah, there's Ricky Rubio, um, for example. <laughs> I had to. I just had to see your reaction. For those that don't know, he just gave me a look like, are you serious right now? Um, Ricky Rubio ain't even playing. I know, I know. But, hey, you do have Dylan Windler. Dylan like Windler it. is not playing. Yes, he is. What about uh, Evan Mobley? That's what I'm trying Mobley. to get to. Well, still. Gosh, what is this guy hey. talking about? Hey, man. And then even Robin Lopez, who, who's uh Let's talk about who player. has a better player off the bench. Who do you feel is better, even though... Even Danny Green. I'm talking about Karis LeVert. <laughs> oh. Okay, fine. Karis LeVert. <laughs> Even though Emmanuel quickly is in the running for um, six man of the year, Karis LeVert's spark off the benches. When he's on, he's on. He's a hot or cold type of player. He's very hot or cold because, you know, the numbers are low, but at the same time, when you're the sixth man, you don't have enough time to really get the stats up there enough. But if you come in clutch during those times, I mean – you take a look at uh, the Knicks roster, and yeah, you got Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, you got D Rose. But let me just tell you right now about to me, and I hate to say it because I liked him coming out of college, but I'll admit he's nothing short of a disappointment in the NBA, and that's RJ Barrett. Ah! RJ Barrett has been nothing short of a disappointment. 
Uh, but you got uh, Manuel Cookley, you got Josh Hart, Mitchell Robinson. I mean, it's a talented team as well, but I think the Cavs just stack up better from top to bottom against them. Them bigs on the Cavs are something different. Yeah, you, when you go big on the Cavs, you go You're gonna big. Lose. Like when you put um, when you put them bigs, meaning Mobley and um, Allen. I forgot his name. I am terrible. <laughs> When you put them two together, their defensive prowess <clears throat> is it's there. Jared Allen is a top five center for me in basketball. You know, I think he plays the four for them, or does he play? No, I think he is the five. He's Even usually the five. Hmm? I think he's usually five. Yeah. Um, but so we got that, and I like I said, I have the Cavs, but it is such a very big toss up. And then you get to our top one. Mm-mm-mm. And somehow, right now, keep in mind, folks, it's April 19th. The game is in progress. Game two, Milwaukee and Miami. But holy hell, Andrew, what happened in game one? Giannis hit the floor and had a back contusion. Giannis Antetokounmpo. And he got taken out the game. With Giannis not on the floor, the team ain't nothing. And everyone was curious, was concerned in this year and going on. <clears throat> going at this series, everyone was so concerned when it came to the health of Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton isn't 100% healthy. And but now what you going to do without Giannis? Look, it, it goes without saying what happens if the Bucks are down Giannis. It, it really does, you know. And from the looks of it, uh, this will be one of the biggest upsets in recent memory if the Heat somehow pull up. Like I said, it's only game two and it's in progress. Um, and currently uh, – the Heat are trailing the Bucks 29-25, nearing the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how strong are Miami's chances if Giannis is out for the Very. rest of the series? Very. And you feel that's the big – is that the big – now, this is what I have to ask. Is that the biggest reason – or is there another underlying reason why the Celtics are now the favorites to win the finals? Because the only team that people felt could beat the Bucks were the Celtics. And with Giannis out, they said they had no chance with the Celtics. But it all depends on how long Giannis is going to be out. It's a, I think it's a lower back contusion because if you've seen the video of how he hit his back, it, it was instant. Yeah. So, here's the thing. And like I said, it's hard to predict who goes on in that series based off we don't know the timetable for Giannis. But, I mean, I'll say it simply. Crazy as it may seem, the way things are looking, there is a chance Milwaukee would lose even if Giannis is back. Because at the same time, Mm -hmm. if he's not back in his 100%, look, when you're 7'3", you need every (laughs) inch of your body. And your back definitely is going to feel some pain. Um, 
So, yeah. I just, uh, it, it's just crazy for me to think about. So we just have to see what happens, and I know we're going to be keeping track of um, what goes on. And as we're about to hit that point in the show where we start closing, I'm going to bring back Parker, and I definitely want to say, so Parker, now that you're back with us, I wanted to, you know, you, you sat in the back, what, what? You, were, you, you were giving us your thoughts on, uh, giving us some interesting history. Um <laughs> And so why do you have the Knicks and the Nuggets in the finals? Nuggets. The Nuggets are the Nuggets. I did say Nuggets, and the Nug- yeah, I think the Knicks Nuggets are Nuggets. due. And the Nug- I think the Nuggets are due. I've always liked the Knicks. I, I, I used to live in New York. I grew up on the New York Knicks. I grew up with Willis Reed and Dave DeBusher and Bill Bradley and Earl the Pearl Monroe, etc. I'm just I'm glad to see them returning to prominence, if you will. They for a while for a long time the Knicks had really hit the skids. It's mm-hmm. good to see them. It's good to see them back in the conversation again. But yeah, when I was like seven, eight years old, I mean they were it. Earl the Pearl, baby. Yeah, Earl the Pearl. Dave DeBusher, who was also a baseball player, by the way. Willis Reed. Yep. Uh, God rest mm-hmm. his soul. Absolutely. But yeah, so, I think the Knicks are going to do it for Willis. <laughs> Andrew, Maybe not this year. Who's your, I guess, uh, and I already know who you pretty much got for the East, but who's your Western Conference favorites right now? <laughs> You didn't have to do me like that. Yeah, I know. We know who you got for the East, but who's your Western Conference pick? Nothing wrong. I, I, I can't see anybody beating Phoenix right now. Ooh. Even though Denver's the top seed? Let me tell you something. Kevin Durant got there late. Let me preference. Let me preference. The first record is going to be safe this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, One thing I will say. If Chris Paul gets hurt like he always does, we I might have to change. But as of right now, I got Phoenix. Well, it's an, all right. Uh, yeah, the, it's just it's amazing to me. Those four franchises, the Pacers, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Nuggets, they all joined the NBA in 1976. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs are still the only former ABA team to have won an NBA title. And it's crazy when you look at some of the – some of the greatest players from the other three teams as well, you know, that you just mentioned some of them. Um, we rock with Boston. So, yep. And, and how, could you, how could you not love ice with the Spurs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> George Gervin. How could you not like him? Say, who knows George Gervin? I do. <laughs> um, I remember him when he was with the Virginia Squires of the ABA. <laughs> so I got You're making me feel me, real young. Oh, yeah. Look, Parker is the history buff. He knows he knows what we wanted to know. That, that's what I like. And it's still amazing that the St. Louis spirit, the spirits of St. Louis former owners, are still making money off that deal. Jeez, that is wild. So for me, my my uh, final prediction for look, I got I got the uh, Suns from the West because look, it's funny. 
KD stayed in Brooklyn long enough for them to make the playoffs, but he didn't get there soon enough to help Phoenix be the first seed. Mm. Um, and it's crazy because I, as much as I like the Bucks, I don't think I don't think they're gonna make it this year. I think the Giannis injury is a big setback. Um, and teams are going to find a way to exploit the situation. I personally had the Cavs going back to the finals. Mm. I got a Cavs. I got a Cavs Suns finals. I think the the um, conference That's finals cool. will be the Celtics and the Cavs. That's bold. Um, I'm going bold. That's bold. Um. And believe it or not, the team that I, I'm i going to say to keep an eye on is the 76ers. You know, mm-hmm. Philadelphia is arguably one of the best teams in the league. And Harden's having one of his better years, like Andrew said earlier in the, in the Harden, show. Harden, another Olympic gold medalist. Another Olympic mm-hmm. gold medalist. And like Andrew said earlier, Embiid is very much possible um, the front runner for the MVP award. He deserves um, it. Give this man his MVP. Whatever happened to uh, whatever happened to Kevin or yeah Kevin Love? Is he still playing? Where did Kevin Love get traded to? So Kevin Love ended up getting traded to the Heat. Actually, there it is. Okay. Yeah, is he still so, playing? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's still playing. So he's so, any, so he's in the playoffs right now. Yeah, so, he's, playing, he's playing right now. Yeah, Wait, like no, in this game playing. right now, he's playing. Olympic gold um, medalist and nephew of a beach boy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing, and I and I already know Mike Love. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, I wonder which one is probably the one that has the last name Love. Um, well, gentlemen, it has been quite the evening. I know. Uh, Parker, give us before we close. Parker, give us the uh, air date for the next uh, down the left field line show. Saturday. Don't know what time, but it's airing on Saturday, and it will be on YouTube on the E two G Sports Network. Okay, so on the E two G Sports Network, and you can find them cool. on Facebook as well. Um, and of course, folks, stay tuned to Interstate Seventy Sports Media. You can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. Um, where our passion is our profession, where our passion is our profession, indeed. And before we close, as always, we have the uh NAMI helpline at the bottom of the screen for mental health awareness. It is open 24 7. It's uh, you call it 1 800 950 NAMI. That is 1 800 950 NAMI. It is the country's largest uh nonprofit grassroots organization devoted to care and the plight of bringing up mental awareness and mental health awareness in the United States, Um, which brings us to our next number, and that is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. And it is a line, you just dial 988. It is open 24-7, 365, 366 on leap years. Understand, folks, that you are never alone in this world. And that there's always somebody out there that loves and cares about you. And um, 
on top of that and understand that you could also be the ears that somebody else needs to listen. Um, you know, we, we all need just a lot more love in this world. So let's do our part to spread it. So I want to thank Du Henson for being on this evening. I want to thank Parker for being on. I'm the Maestro Jeremy Carp. Tune in next week and remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Good night, everybody. <laughs>